0: And we're praying and some stuff just I don't know. there's always something curious whenever you pray in a circle. So listen, I'm excited we're gonna have the event tonight, so whoever wants to just just jump in and we just will do it we'll do it like that, okay? Or Lord Lord heaven. Heaven. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, that's or in weeks. Excuse me. That one's your presence. Yes, Lord interrupt our lives father we thank you that we read and find in your bible lord that it says fear not like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs we're just thankful for that Lord. that's not in the bible (laughs) jed clampett said that Father God, just Father God. Thank You, Father God. Father God, thank You. Yes, Father God. And Father God. Father God. Father God. Father God. Father God. Father Oh, God. Father that's right, Lord. You Father come first. God. Father God. Father God. What? Father God. Father God. Lord God, we thank You for Your church. We thank You for Your people. We thank You for Your presence. We thank You for Your people. Yes, Lord. We thank You. <laughs> Ooh, yes, Lord, you are the quiet voice that leads us. What is what is he saying? What can, can nobody hear you? I feel like I'm eavesdropping. All of that, Jesus. And back chip. And pst, Jesus. I want to pray for Susie McGinnis. For heaven's sakes, help her to know she can't get away with anything. She's got to be honest with her husband. Feel it, Jesus. Her son needs to know his real last name. <laughs> Let me know if you want me to tell him, Lord. You can't say that. Are you gossiping in the prayer? <laughs> yes, Lord, we just ask that you would pour out your power on the people of this parish and just pacify us with your love, Lord. We just, we just pray power and purpose and purity and people. Show us with your presence, Jesus. Listen, the Lord will understand what you're saying without the moisture. God, we just thank you for being so awesome We thank you that you do not judge us And that you receive all of our prayers No matter how they come Your kingdom come Your will be done In Jesus' name, amen Amen Amen. indeed to that one Amen indeed All right, we are wrapping up our series today That we started a few weeks back Called Ultimate Conversation Where we're talking about prayer And by now, even probably before now The issue of the importance of prayer and the need for prayer, hopefully we've established that. But the main issue that probably is hindering many of our spiritual lives and our prayer lives isn't so much that we don't believe in the importance of prayer, and we don't believe in the need for prayer, but just like that nice video exhibited, that a lot of us just simply don't know how to pray. This problem isn't a new problem. Some of the most spiritual people in the whole wide world knew the importance of prayer and they knew they needed to pray, but somehow it's a struggle for everyone to, to, to pray. Matthew 26, verse 40 and 41 was a time when our Lord Jesus Christ was in desperate need of prayers from his closest friends, his disciples, and as you know, they just couldn't pray. The Bible says, Jesus says to them, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. I believe that this sentence, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, applies to every single one of us in our lives of prayer. That all of us, we know we need to pray. We know and we want to pray. And we would love to push some magic button which would make us like the most prayer people in the whole wide world. But the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer is the hardest thing on earth. Prayer is the hardest thing on earth. And you know why? Because prayer is the most important thing on earth. Because prayer takes you actually off of earth and puts you up in the kingdom of heaven. So if there's one thing that the devil is going to fight against and make sure that you struggle with till the day you die, is going to be prayer. See, I don't believe that prayer is ever going to be easy. Just like I don't ever believe it's going to be easy to, to, to lose weight and get in shape, I don't believe prayer is ever going to be easy. I don't believe getting a medical degree is ever going to be easy. I don't believe that anything good in life is going to be easy. And usually the more difficult it is, then usually the more rewarding it is as well. And there's no area that's more true about that then prayer I'm telling you for me personally for me personally just like you can see and I bet you that I'm not the only one here I can be laughing and joking and talking and socializing or or whatever it is go in my room instantly sign of the cross we love you Lord instantly I'm telling you every prayer and now it's like a psychological thing that no matter what time of day, as soon as I start to pray, first thing is you get hit with just a spell of, uh, like even right now, I kind of feel it, don't, don't you? Okay? Some of you, that way when you walk into church, is that way. Before church, whatever. After church, crazy. During church, and then we just, no, we're being spiritual. We're being spiritual. It's our spiritual. This one, you know, this one. The very spiritual people know how to do this. One. Okay? Something about prayer, it, it, it the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we're going to solve this problem today, and we are going to figure out how to pray. I'm going to be practical. I spent the last two weeks telling you what prayer is, and how prayer is the ultimate conversation. You're in the throne room of God. And I told you that you don't need any bells and whistles. You come as you are. You say what you want to say. You be honest. You bring whatever request you got. It doesn't need to be structured. It doesn't need to be formal. I spent the last two weeks telling you all that. And some people, they couldn't wrap their minds around that. And some people, that was like eye-opening in a lot of ways. Well, today, I'm going to tell you the companion to that, which is how prayer, even though it can be unstructured, and, and we should have time for unstructured, how we're also going to need structure and discipline and some consistency in our prayer lives as well. I want to give you an example of this guy. All right? Let's say... You want to get in shape, okay? And you look like this guy. And you decide, you know what? I want to get in shape. I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to work out. You never worked out a day in your life. You know know nothing about nothing. But you say, how hard can it be? I show up at the gym. I look around for a little bit, and I watch. And, okay, and that guy's doing some of these. I kind of do some of those. You know what I mean? kind of feel kind of flabby in this area. So, you know, I kind of do like this, okay, when this guy... Oh, that one looks like fun, let me try this exercise. And you just kind of show up every couple days, once a week, twice a week, you know, whenever you get a chance and just kind of, you know, just kind of mill around and just do what the other people are doing. That guy's in shape, he did that, so I'll just kind of do that. How successful will that be? None. What do you recommend for someone in this shape who has never ever worked out a day in their life before? What would you recommend to that person? What what would be a good starting point on the path to success? A trainer, okay? Somebody said a trainer. Somebody said get a trainer. I would say that I, I agree with that. I would say since you know nothing and you clearly, you need help, all right? Ask for help and go to somebody who is good at this, somebody who has proven success and say, hey, can you help me? Put me on a plan. And that person will tell you, Okay, you need to try to do this, you know, three sets of this, ten reps, okay, with this amount of weight. And you want to challenge this and do this. And you want to keep balanced. That person will get you on a plan. Prayer is the same way. A lot of us, all of us know we need to pray. But a lot of us don't know how to pray. So what do we do? Kind of walk around, say, oh, I heard how he prayed. He kind of said like the Father God thing, so I'll just kind of say Father God a few times. Um, that person, you know, uh, prayed um, like this way and high-pitched and like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'll pray high-pitched and like, and this person prays. So you just kind of, you just kind of repeat phrases that you hear other people pray and that you like, maybe your parents said and you just kind of like, you know, and just, that's, we end up being like the fat guy in the gym who doesn't know what he's doing but just kind of copies everyone else. Instead, what we need to do is we need a personal trainer with our life of prayer our personal trainer, can okay, get ready here. Some of you are ready to throw, and be ready to throw something at me when I say what I'm about to say, okay? Because some of you, you have preconceived ideas of what I'm about to talk about and your opinion about what I'm gonna talk about. I'm going to say that the Egbeya is your personal prayer trainer. For those who don't know what the Egbeya is, Egbeya is a Coptic word which translated literally is the book of hours, okay? and I had in the back there, grab, you, so grab me one of those, okay? Grab me one of those little vases if you don't mind, okay? It's a little book of prayers, which I'm sure many of you have seen. Thank you, coming at you, thank you. Is this, okay? Is this little book that some of you have seen and some of you have never seen. Those of you who have seen it, it's probably underneath something in your house right now, okay? <laughs> For sure, it's underneath. It's never ever on top, all right? It's nice, neat, underneath something. This little prayer book, which is called The Book of Hours, was given to us by the church as a personal trainer when it comes to prayer. Now help me out here. Do me a favor. Some of you have preconceived notions of how boring this is and how much you don't like this. Give me half hour just go blank for a half hour and let me see if I can change some of those notions. Some of you don't know what this is, but you have preconceived notions about what the Orthodox Church teaches about formality and structure and rigidness and difficultness give me like I said give me a half hour come in with an open mind and then decide whatever you want at the end but just give me a chance to sway the vote right here because I believe that while a lot of people say they struggle with this the problem isn't this the problem is this okay it's just actually like someone was asking me about like the liturgical prayers of the church and I was saying why, like someone was saying, like, a lot of people don't seem excited when it comes to liturgy. And me and this other person were like agreeing that like, why is it that everyone's excited before liturgy and after liturgy but during liturgy everyone looks like they want to go to sleep. Or they want to, they like that. You know? So I was saying the problem isn't the liturgy, the problem is the way we come to it. It's our attitude. And it's the same thing with prayer. The problem is never prayer or the prayer book. The problem is the way we come to it or our understanding of it. So let me see if I can change your understanding of how this is supposed to work. Just as in my relationship with my wife, I need formality and informality. Same in my relationship with God. In my relationship with my wife, it's good that, you know, in between appointments, you know, a text message, I love you, sweetheart. Or um, on my way home from whatever, I'm going to be late. I know she's going to sleep before I get home. So, you know, uh, sweetheart, I'm just calling to say, you know, good night. I love you, whatever. Or, um, um, you know, of course, I'm so good at this, okay? So that's why I'm just rolling off the top of my tongue right here. Um, you know, like little uh, a note in her lunchbox, okay? Like I make lunches, okay? And I put a note in her lunchbox saying, you're the most special person in the whole wide world. Those things are great. And those things are fantastic. But can a relationship be founded on just those things? No. Those are icing on the cake. But you need a cake. And the cake is, we need to sit together and speak to one another. We need to turn off the TV and talk to each other. We need to hang out, go on dates, okay? We need to act, have like, not, I don't want to say structured, but like set time where we have lengthier, sending a relationship with God. We don't want to go to either extreme, where we have only structured, we don't have the informal, that's what I spoke about the past couple weeks. We don't want to go to the other extreme, where we're just little, I love you notes to God, Okay, and little text messages to God without the structured part as well. We need both to keep ourselves balanced. This book was given to us by people who know how to pray. And people who are very, very close to God when it comes to prayer. For those who don't know anything about this book, the main thing it's based on is the Psalms. Okay, 90% of it is like the Psalms. That's what it's all based on is the Psalms. It's got some prayers scattered throughout. All of it is coming from the Bible, but the majority is the Psalms. Why are the Psalms very important? Who was the writer of the majority of the Psalms? King David, who said, who God said about him, this guy has a heart like my heart. And if the goal of prayer is to be able to get in spiritual shape and to communicate with God in an intimate way, I'm going to say that King David is the best personal trainer out there. I'm going to say that I want to, he's the guy i want to say, I want to be like you. So instead of me just watching him, me I'm going to go into his school and say, please train me and help guide me. And how to get in shape. I'm gonna give you three reasons why I think you need this book of hours right here. Three reasons. First, it gives me the discipline that I need in my prayer life. It gives me discipline. Some people say, I don't want to pray someone else's words. It's not heartfelt. It's not sincere. Look, Nothing could be further from the truth. You need discipline in any area of life in order to be successful in that area. And if you don't have discipline, you will not be successful. Let's say, for example, you say, I don't want someone to tell me when to pray or or, I'm just going to pray whenever I want to pray. I'm just going to pray whenever I want to pray, however I want to pray. How would, and we have a lot of medical students, how would your medical career, schooling go, if you say, you know what? I'm just going to study when I feel like studying. The teacher says the test is on this day, you should study this. Why is the teacher telling me what to do? I'm going to study when I want to study. When I feel like studying, I'm going to study. When I don't feel like I'm not going to study. How about if I only my kids only brush their teeth when they felt like brushing their teeth? Kids don't ever feel like brushing their teeth. How about if I only obeyed traffic laws when I felt like obeying traffic laws? We live in a society which requires discipline and instruction. Not everyone just run however they feel. Anytime you're doing something just according to how you feel, you're not going to find success in that area. And prayer is the same way. A lot of our prayer lives are weak because we only pray when we want to pray. We feel like praying. Sometimes you feel like praying, but sometimes you don't feel like praying. And that doesn't negate your need to pray. The best thing about the Agaveya is actually during the times where you don't want to pray. The times that you do want to pray, pray. Go with it, man. Like, go with the flow. You got the wind blowing at your back? Ride it out. But there are times where you are either not motivated or times where you don't know what to say. That's where this thing comes in very, very handy. Because when you're not motivated and you can't muster up the words, you open it up and this helps you. It gives you the words to say. The Akabaya helps me to benefit from prayer even when I don't feel like praying. Second thing. Oh, Sorry, Acts chapter three verse one shows that from the very beginning, okay, the apostles, the early church, followed structured set times of prayer. Acts three one. Okay, this is after Pentecost. The next day says, and Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Okay, the early church followed set times of prayer, and they had set prayers. Again, that didn't negate their unstructured prayers, but we don't want to be imbalanced. All right, we don't want to say we need all this, but we need none of. We don't want to be imbalanced. The early church, they had times of prayer and they had formal prayers. All right, and we retain a lot of those because a lot of those are based on the Psalms as well. That's number one. Gives me discipline. Number two, this one's going to be a troublesome one. Gives me the best words to use in prayer. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now get the tomatoes out. How are you going to tell me that someone else? said something other words, and they're better than my words? My words are from my heart. How dare you say that these are the best words to pray? How dare you say that that certain words are better than other words? Who wrote these words? Okay, King David. Okay, but King David was inspired by who to write it? God. So I will go out on a limb and say God's words are better than your words. I don't think that's a very bold statement to make. And if you disagree with that, like, more power to you, but not many people are going to agree with you. God is the one who gave us the words. And when we say, we pray the words of the Psalms, whenever we pray the words of Scripture, we are, and we pray the words of God, we are using better words. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. St. Paul said the following. He said, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we are. St. Paul, who was really good at prayer, said, I don't know how to pray. I need God to teach me how to pray. I need the Holy Spirit to teach me how to pray. And that's what the words of Scripture are. See, I'll get to this later. The more you separate Bible and prayer, the more you're going to be weak. And the more you combine them. That's why I I, I don't like, I read my Bible and then I pray. Or I pray and then I read my Bible. The two are The two are one. Because it's the ultimate conversation, which, as you remember, I said, there's a listening component. So, the more you integrate your prayer and your Bible into one act, not separate, the more you'll find success in your prayer life. And that's what this book does it combines prayer and scripture, so the two are one. Also, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Look, the apostles, the disciples, many times saw Jesus do cool stuff. Some do miracles, they saw him feed the five loaves and two fish walk on water only one time do they ever ask this question Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples they didn't say teach us how to walk on water teach us how to do the five loaves and the two fish thing they didn't say teach us how to turn water into wine but when it came to prayer, they said teach us and if he didn't want structured repeated prayers what did he get what did he say right after this what was the answer Lord teach us how to pray what did he say when you pray, pray it pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he gave the Lord's prayer. If he didn't want repeated prayer, he wouldn't have given the Lord's prayer. He'd have said, don't ask me. Just pray for what's in your heart. It's what he would have said. But the Lord wanted. Again, I'm being balanced. Okay, don't, don't, don't think I'm, just, I'm saying just structure. Because he wanted us to cast all our care upon him for he cares for us. But he also wanted to pray our Father who in heaven. So he wants both. Some might object. And say, hey, wait a minute. Isn't vain repetition bad? Is vain repetition bad? Is vain repetition bad? Yes. Is repetition bad? No. Keyword there is vain. Anything in vain is bad. Lord didn't say, don't give me repetition. He said don't give me vain repetition. Repetition, if he didn't want repetition, you wouldn't have given us the Lord's Prayer. But he wasn't saying I don't want repetition. He's saying I don't want vain repetition. In fact, he wants repetition. What did he say in either Matthew ten or eleven? Matthew eleven, at the end, he said, "Blank from me, for I am lowly." Learn from me. What did Saint Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one? He said, "Blank me as I blank Christ." Imitate. Like, why would Jesus say, "Learn from me"? Why well, does Saint Paul say, "Imitate me"? Repetition isn't bad. Vain repetition is bad. And let me show you the benefit of praying these better words. What I say, better words, the words of Scripture. Let's play a game. I'll give you option A and option B. And you'd guess for me which one is one of our prayers and which one is maybe one of the words of Scripture, and you tell me which one you think is better. Okay? Um, first one. Um... Uh, God, um, please um, be with me and my mom. And her mom. And everyone's mom. Amen. Verses. Lord, let the light of your face shine upon us. And the light of your divine knowledge and likeness. Who likes prayer A better? Who likes prayer B better? Prayer B. Let's do another one. Lord, these are all prayers from the egg babe. And these are not even the psalms. I could have brought the psalms, but I'm trying to show you that even the non-psalms are references from the scriptures, and they're so beautiful. Look at this one. This is the Absolution Ninth hour. Lord, abolish for us all the power of the adversary and all his evil armies, as your only begotten Son has trampled on them by the power of his life-giving cross. Accept us unto you, O our Lord Jesus Christ, as you accepted the thief at your right while you were hung on the cross. That's one prayer. Verses... Um, please, God, help me not to do bad things today. Amen. These are beautiful words. I'll give you another one. Watch this one. We say, Lord, be with me. Bless me. Amen. We just kind of tie a nice bow. Bless me. Amen. But look at what, what, what the Agbeah teaches us to pray for. Things you don't even think that you should pray for. Purify our souls. Cleanse our bodies. Straighten our thoughts. Heal our sicknesses, forgive our sins, and deliver us from every sadness and heartache. It's teaching us to pray at the level of even sadnesses, even heartache. Like, I don't even know what heartache is. What is that, like indigestion? It's saying, you got indigestion. You got an upset tummy. Pray for that. Like, it's telling you any ache that you got, it's reminding us to pray for these things as opposed to just, be with me, bless me, amen. That's why I'm saying, I'm not saying your words are bad. I'm not saying it that way. What I'm saying is when we pray the words of the scriptures, of these set prayers, it reminds us to pray for stuff that we would otherwise forget to pray for, not even know that we could pray for it. I didn't know I could pray for my thoughts. I didn't know I could pray for my body. I don't even know what I mean to cleanse my body, but I would like that. That I would have never prayed that on my own. But now when I pray this, I prayed something to cleanse my body. I'll give you another one. This is the conclusion of every hour. Every word here, by the way, is a Bible verse. Every word is a Bible verse. O oh Christ our good Lord who is long-suffering, plenteous in mercy, and most compassionate, who loves the righteous and has mercy on sinners, whom I am the first, who does not wish the death of a sinner, but rather to return and live. You know what, what's happening in this prayer? Here? Did you ask for anything in this prayer? You didn't ask for anything. You're going to in a little bit. You're going to say, God, forgive me. That's what you're going to say. But look how the egg, sets it up for you. It gives you the assist. Okay, like in volleyball, it gives you a set, so you spike it down. All right? It says, hey, Remember, remind God, say, hey, God, you're the good God. Don't just run in and say, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, I'm sorry. Friends might say, hey, God, remember how you said you're good? Uh-huh. Remember how you said you're long-suffering? Uh-huh. Remember how you said you're plentiful in mercy? You're compassionate? You said you don't desire the death of a sinner, rather you return to live? You remember all that, God? Remember when you said it? <laughs> Give it to me, please. See how much more, like, like, I'm saying to me, like, I'm saying, if my kid comes to me and says, Dad... Give me five bucks. I'd say, go ask your mom. (laughs) Okay? But if he comes to me and says, Dad, last week you promised I did get a good grade and you would give me five bucks. Okay. Here's five. Five for your sister too. Like, okay, that's fine. Because you reminded me of what I said. Okay. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't remember that I said that, but if you say it, like, even if I didn't really say it, if you said I said it, I would give it to you. God is the same way. When you come to God and say, please, 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 God, it's everything saying, God, you said your compassion. You said your mercy is never ending. You said that as far as the East is from the West, as far as you remove our transgressions from us, I'm in need of that right now. No father can say no to that. Telling you, the more you connect the Scripture and your prayer, the less space there is between those two. That's the secret. That's the secret to powerful prayer. That's the secret. Is when you go to God, just like I said, you go to a father, you go to him with your word says, You said this, and then you attach your request to that. It transforms your time of prayer and Bible into a conversation, like I said, with God. Which leads us to number three the third reason why you need the Ekbeah prayers. It moves your focus, moves my focus from myself to my God. Every one of the prayers from the Ekbeah, any time there's a prayer, it always starts off with, God, I trust in your unfailing love. I need your unfailing love. I trust in your goodness. Please give me some of your goodness. It always starts with who he is and puts the perspective on him and God, you are, you are, you are. So now therefore I need. Or now therefore give to me. We don't usually pray that way. We start with me and end with me. Because a lot of our prayers are selfish. A lot of our prayers are, I want this, I want this, I want this. Hekbeah, Book of Hours teaches us, start with the right perspective. Don't just rush in. Start off with, okay, who are you praying to? I'm praying to a big God. A good God. A merciful God. Compassionate God. And then I come in, based on who he is, I bring then my request. The other thing... Well, let me show you this verse. Show you how this works. Psalm 3. This is just an example. You find every psalm in the Bible starts off... Like, look how King David starts here. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, watch how he shifts now, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. And the rest of the psalm goes on and on and on about the goodness of God. And that ends with, so I'm going to trust you, God. This is the way... Prayers should be. It's like, God, I'm in trouble. I'm in distress. I, I'm in a bad situation. But you are still good. And you are still all powerful. And you are still almighty. And therefore, I trust you. You see how that works? Our prayers usually start and end with me. My situation is bad. God, I'm in a bad situation. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. King David, always turned that into a praise. You know why you need the it Because if you don't, your prayers won't be balanced back to my workout example let's say the fat guy just did okay let's say he said that guy's got cool biceps wanna biceps like him and he's 10,000 pounds but he's just doing curls all day all right so he's working those curls so he has nice muscular arms and the rest of his body is just a disaster that's not a, a, a proper way to approach it you say no you want to balance yeah, you want the biceps for the ladies. I understand the ladies like the biceps. Okay, so give a little bit to the biceps. But you need to work on this area as well. Okay? You need to work on your legs, you know, lats, something like that. Like, spread it out. Some of our prayers, they're not balanced. All they are is begging God for help. Begging God, begging God, pleading with God. Which is great. But where's praising God? Where's thanking God? Where's worshiping God? Where's repentance? we to keep it balanced. Every one of us is different. Some of you are very good at repentance. You can cry all day and all night in your prayers. You're the best. You can make everyone else around you cry as well. You're the best person when it comes to crying in prayer. But where, where, where's the happy, the joyful prayer? And some of you are joyful. I tend to fall on the joyful side. All right, But I need someone to balance me on the no. Examine yourself and repent side. So that's what King David keeps us balanced. All right? The Psalms keep us balanced. They say, give some of this, but don't forget this. Keep you here. The personal trainer keeps us balanced. So we not just on whatever it is that we find like natural to us. You need the egg bad because it gives you discipline, you need discipline. You need it because it gives you the best words. I'm not saying your words are bad, I'm saying God's words are better. You need it because it moves the focus from you onto God. That's the what. But now I want to address the how. Because praying, I said praying the best words. Praying the best words, like you need the right thing and to do it the right way. Like if you have all the right words, but you say them in the wrong way. I love you, Marianne, you're the best wife in the whole wide world. Good words, bad how, okay? But if I say loving words, I, I, I hate your gut so much, and, and I can't stand the look of your face. Nice spirit, passion, but wrong words. Okay? So we need to match the words to the spirit. Need to match the words to the spirit. Said another way, the key in anything in life, but especially in prayer, is to balance form and spirit. To balance form and spirit. The form is the what. The spirit is the how. This applies to everything. You must balance the form and the spirit. Say the right things in the right way. I'm not judging anybody. Okay? But I'm just saying. What we in the Orthodox Church are supposed to be. Okay? And and none of us, everyone falls short of of the theoretical. What we are supposed to be is the perfect balance of form and spirit. Because in our prayers, church started off balance of form and spirit. And then some churches, okay, and again, I'm not, not discrediting or I'm not saying anything bad, but the Catholic church, especially back for a long time, pushed the form and got rid of the spirit. Okay? And that's why they said, don't let people read the Bibles. Just let them come to church to read the Bible. And don't let people pray at home. Just let them pray in church. And they just push the form. And just say it in light. doesn't matter if you don't know what you're talking about. Just do this. And they kept pushing the form, the form, the form. So the Reformation happened and people said, form so much, we don't want any form. We're gonna go all spirit, all right? And both of them is wrong, okay? All form, no spirit is just as bad as all spirit, no form. Like if you're driving on a road, you're gonna fall into a ditch on the right. So you overcompensate and fall into a ditch on the left, you accomplish nothing. Orthodoxy is supposed to be the balance of form and spirit. We have form, we have spirit. And we have to make sure that we keep that balance Okay? The form in and of itself doesn't provide the spirit. We must provide the spirit. That's what I'm saying Is when it comes to liturgical prayers. We have the form, but we have to provide the spirit. Same thing here. This is the form. What spirit should you bring to the table? A. Pray with the spirit of fear and humility. What does that mean? What's fear and humility? Fear and humility means, like I always say, praying is not supposed to be like um, you know, like, like flipping channels on a TV. So it's like, um, I'm doing my homework, and then I make this phone call, then I say a prayer, and then I go to the grocery store, and then I... And we just made it like like another activity. Like, it's just like, okay, we have three minutes to do this. No, no are you going to pray? I'm not saying don't have unstructured prayer, but I'm talking about the structured prayer. It's good to have a set time. It's good to not be rushed. It's good not to have an, a, an event you need to be at in three minutes. It's good to go in calmly, quietly. You know why we struggle with this? Because we usually go into this busy or rushing. Or we just kind of jump in. What I'm saying is, take a minute, relax. If you like to sing a song, sing a song. Put yourself in the spirit. Eh, some people like to you know, look at the cross. Like look at a picture of Jesus. Eh, get yourself like a warm air. Ease into it. I mean, like, relax, what's the rush? Ease into it. Don't be rushed. Get yourself in the right state of mind. For me personally, this is challenging. That's why for me, the Igbeya is always the most, I don't want to say the most bestest, but what's the right word for that? It's like, it's a beneficial when it's early in the morning before my mind is on 10,000 things, okay? Because once my mind is on 10,000 things, it's really hard for me to slow it down. But in the morning, it's nice and it's easy. Go. That's fear and humility to me. Not rushing in. Hurry up, God. Uh, TV show comes back in three minutes. Okay. Like I pause the TV show. You know. Go. Take your time. Number B or letter B. Pray even when I don't want to. Pray even when I don't want to. That's the beauty of this book. Is that it helps you pray when you don't want to. When you want to pray, I don't want to say you don't need it, but you, but you can pray. But there's many times that you don't want to pray. That's what this is made for. Because then, I'm tired, and I can't think, and I can't put two words together. Okay, don't put two words together. Open the book and read. And try to let your heart be moved with one of these words. And even if your heart isn't, it's exactly like, when do you need the discipline of working out the most? Is when you don't want to work out. Pray even when you don't feel like praying. That would be, you know how St. Paul says in the Bible? He says, I die daily. Jesus says, deny yourself. Okay, he says, for me to live is Christ. Those, all those things mean that we do things we don't want to do. I die daily means that I want to sleep, but I stand up and pray. It means that I want to watch TV, but I turn off the TV and I pray. Pray even when you don't want to pray. We don't feel like praying. Just like you should study even when you don't want to feel like studying. Just like you should exercise even when you don't want to feel like exercising. Just like you should brush your teeth even when you don't feel like brushing your teeth. Pray when you don't feel like praying. And then see, Pray using all of your senses. Again, something that we stress in the Orthodox Church, but Jesus himself stressed it as well. When he said, love me, he said love me how? All your heart all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Meaning your entire person. All your senses. All your capacity in your mind. Your, worship me with everything you got. I'm telling you. is Some people, are. everyone is different. So I'm not saying everyone has to be the same. But if you're a tangible person, find tangible ways to worship God with your body. How? My eyes. First sense. Close them, number one. Maybe start by looking at a picture of Jesus, ingrained, like burn that in there, and close those eyes. Because the eyes are open, the eyes wander. Close your eyes as much as you can. Yes, you need your eyes open to pray, but what I'm saying is I'm praying, and then maybe I'm reading this, and then my heart is lifted up. Stop this, pause this, put this down, and let your heart go. Close those eyes, let your heart go. Praise, or I'm sorry, worship God and pray with your ears, your mouth, Sometimes for me, praying out loud is very beneficial, especially when I'm sleeping. I'm not saying at the top of my lungs, okay, but I'm saying instead of just I would pray. Praise the Lord, of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise. Just under my breath. That helps me. Okay, it might not help you, but that helps me. Pray under your breath. Sometimes what keeps me more engaged in the prayer. How about your sense of touch? How do you pray? The church gives us, okay, the sign of the cross It's something very nice that we do. When we do prostrations or low the matanya, okay? When we give the matanya, that's very nice. And a lot of people like to start their prayers with like a bowing, all right? Again, none of this is required or there's no like test that you're going to have to pass. But I'm saying if it helps, helps me to worship God when I make a prostration and I put this God, all right, this, my pride and my joy right here, okay? My noggin, put that sucker on the ground, the feet of Jesus. And I always remind myself, I put it, Lord at your feet. It's nice. It's a way to worship God. yeah you know, I'm not saying you have to do it the way I'm doing it. I'm just saying, use all your senses to worship God and don't make prayer just a mental thing, okay, or an emotional thing. Make it a whole body thing. Prayer is a journey. For three weeks, we've been talking about how prayer is the ultimate conversation. And what I want you to picture prayer as as a journey up a mountain. Up. You know when Moses would climb the mountain and he would, he'd have to fast and climb. All right. If anyone's ever climbed Mount Sinai, you know how rigorous that is. Moses would climb, 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 climb. And then he'd get to the top and what would happen at the top? God would speak to him. And then he would speak back. And then God would speak. And Moses would speak back. And they did what? Conversated is the word. Okay? They conversated with one another. That's what prayer is. I'd love it if I could just push the elevator button, go up to the top of the mountain, conversate, and come back down all before the commercial break is done. But that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. The Bible says that prayer is hard work. Prayer is toil. Prayer isn't easy. Prayer is climbing a mountain. Man, oh man, when you get to the top, man, it's worth it. Let me show you this quote. Okay, I got the quote right here. Is the quote in your hand up? Okay, get the quote This is a beautiful quote from Elizabeth Elliot. Y'all know Elizabeth Elliot? Mm-hmm. All right. She said the following. People who ski, I suppose, are people who happen to like skiing, who have time for skiing, who can afford to ski, who are good at skiing. Recently, I found that I often treat prayer as though it were a sport like skiing. Something you do if you like it. Something you do in your spare time. Something you do if you can afford the trouble. Something you do if you're good at it. That's how we approach prayer oftentimes, isn't it? But prayer isn't a sport, it's work. Prayer is no game. Prayer is the opposite of leisure. Watch that one. Prayer is the opposite of leisure. Prayer is something to be engaged in, not indulged in. It's a job you give priority to. It's performing when you have energy left for nothing else. Man, I love that quote. That's what prayer is supposed to be. Prayer is not supposed to be something that's easy. And you look at that person, Y'all, like I said in the beginning, y'all know, everyone knows a person who just, when they pray and like that, and you you hate them, okay? You hate them. Because you can't do that. And they're just smiling away. Your life is falling apart over here and they're just smiling away. You hate them. But that, that's okay to hate them. I'll give you that, okay? Let's agree, that's okay to hate them. Because that's not what prayer is supposed to be like. That's not, and don't think that you're something wrong because that's not how prayer is for you. That's not how prayer is for me. I told you in the first session, I stink at prayer. I'm good at a lot of things. I stink at some things. Prayer is one of the hardest things in the world for me. But it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be work. It's supposed to be climbing a mountain and stop looking at prayer as if, if it's hard, that means I'm doing something wrong and I should just quit. It's the exact opposite. It's exactly like saying, these weights are hard, it's not working. No, it's when they're hard, they're actually working the best. And when it's hard, That you're actually making the most growth. Prayer is the same way. I want to change your way of looking at prayer. I want you to look at prayer and balance. And I want you to see that, yes, it can be unstructured and it should be. You should cast all your care upon him and you should pray whenever. But I don't want you to deny that you need structured prayer. You put together this prayer and this prayer. And maybe you'll discover something that you never discovered before. Y'all remember this verse? This is the verse that I told you is our memory verse for this series from Jeremiah 33.3. 3. It's an easy one to remember because 3.3.3. 3, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Let's memorize that verse. Let's try to memorize that verse. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to stand to pray. You're going to say, Hey God, Father Anthony said, if I remind you of your prayers, you might or your words, you might answer them. You said in Jeremiah 33.3 3, that if I call to you, You'll answer me. And you'll show me stuff. Well, Lord, I need to see some stuff right now. You said, here I am and I'm calling you out on it. I don't know, but I think that's worth a shot. I told you there's a free gift for today. The free gift is a free egg bait. <laughs> okay. In case you need to replace the one that's under stuff, you can help yourself in the back there. Y'all can help yourself when we finish. If you never picked up one of these before, okay, consider it is considered a free gift to you. On one condition. You must use it. Okay? You must use it. If some of you are saying, "How do I use it?" The good thing is, this book assumes that you're not very intelligent. So it gives you very clear instructions. It says on page 1, do this, and then go to page 2. And then go to page three, and on page three it says go back to page one maybe. Okay? So it gives you clear instructions, and I'm happy to sit with you and help you, and I'm I'm sure that other people can help guide you in this. It's not as complicated as it looks. You don't need to pray all of this. Don't think, like I always say, this is not a cage. It's a tool. This is not like, now this is on me, I have to do every single page in it. This is a tool. I'm trying to climb this mountain. And I'm trying to climb this mountain, and this is a tool to help me get up there. There's times you might not need this. There's times it might be more flat. When it's flat, run like the wind, man. But when it's straight up, use your tools. You need the ropes. You need the the stick. Whatever it is you need, this is a stick. This is a tool to be used to help you climb that mountain so that God can show you great and mighty things which you have not seen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're wrapping up our series here on prayer, and I hope, like I sent out in the email, not that you learned about prayer. But that we can become people of prayer. Right? Let's stand up for a prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Even there's so many promises that we don't know anything about, Lord. But we thank you for this promise that you gave us in Jeremiah 33. Right here in front of us, Lord that you said to us that we can call to you and you'll answer us and show us great and mighty things which we don't know anything about. Lord, I pray that you would help us to really become people of prayer. Help us to be a church of prayer, families of prayer, marriages of prayer, friendships of prayer. Help us that prayer is not like this weird thing that we just do like a good luck thing before we eat or before we do a meeting. But prayer becomes like a real conversation that we have with you. We know, Lord, that we can do nothing without you. So please, Lord, help us to grow in, the, in, in, in prayer and, and to become better at casting all of our cares upon you. Give us the discipline, the consistency, the structure we need to climb this mount, Lord, and to experience those mighty and great things that you will show us. Thank you for this time that you gave us. Thank you for every soul that's here. Please, Lord, answer the silent prayers that people are uttering, people who don't know how to pray and can't pray, Lord, but but, but you hear the groans and the sighs of their hearts. Answer those prayers, Lord, and show yourself strong in their lives. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Make us, O Lord, worthy to pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord.